Welcome to New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. For more information regarding New Hope, visit newhopecom.org. Uh, Joy and I were away the last few days since Wednesday, just having a fun getaway. Um, but I wanted to be back. We wanted to be back for this morning. So we drove from Syracuse at six this morning to get here through intense fog. Anyone notice the fog today? Like, what was up with that? I mean, even on 90, I mean, you couldn't see 30 feet on Interstate 90 in front of you. So I thought, if there's a pile up ahead of us, we are dead. I mean, I was not going to see it. So, but the Lord brought us here safely, and all of you too. So, um, so I don't want to do too much of an inter- introduction for our speaker this morning because uh, I want to let him share his story. Um, but uh, Will LaMonica is going to be speaking this morning. How many have had a chance to meet Will? I know a lot of you, yes, that's cool. Uh, so just a wonderful story. Will and Rachel um, you know, have been part of the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. He's been a youth pastor in Colorado for four years before moving out here. Um, I don't want to share any more, but he has uh, become really dear friends of ours and just a unique thing that the Lord has done and how he's brought us all together. Uh, but he's got a word on his heart this morning for us. So I just, even like today when we were in worship, just an op- having a posture of an open heart, letting the Lord uh, work in your heart, I would just encourage all of us to even now just kind of, uh, you know, be listening to what the Holy Spirit says through him. So, because uh, he's a dynamite guy. So give a nice round of applause for Will LaMonica. But I just wanted to uh, start just by saying thank you uh, to Steve and Joy. It's really awesome to be up here with you guys this morning. Uh, it's, it's been crazy moving here with my wife because ever since we've got here to Rochester, the hospitality and the warmth and just the love that you guys have shown us has been unlike anything that we have really ever experienced. And it's an honor to be speaking to you this morning because just months ago, literally, in Colorado, I had, uh, my wife and I were actually listening to the podcast uh, from this church all the way out in Colorado, and I had no idea that just months from then I would actually get a chance to be on one. So it's crazy to just kind of see, like, full circle the way the Lord works, and uh, I was like, oh my gosh, this is nuts. So um, uh, some of you have heard my story. Some of you heard, like, bits and pieces of it, uh, and, but I wanted the chance, Steve wanted me to come up and, and just share firsthand what it was like for us to move out here in the crazy transition that God brought us through. And, uh, but as I share my story this morning, I don't really want it to just be like, oh, you know, that's a nice story, that's a nice testimony or whatever. What, I, what I'm expecting is that as I'm sharing my story, that there's actually power released in the testimony for transition. I believe that there's a lot of you that are going through transition right now. I mean, transition's like the never-ending word in the kingdom. It never really stops. You know, it's like whether it's relational transition or theological transition or or whatever, but we went through this massive shift out here, and uh, I'm believing that as I share, there's just going to be nuggets for you in my story. And not only that, but I, before we moved out here, the Lord told me that we would be a prophetic, we would be, uh, we would be anchoring and securing the prophetic buzz for what God is doing at New Hope when we arrived. I had no idea how true that would be when we showed up, because uh, we just came, not really knowing what to expect, but when we got here, it was like, this big splash when we came, it was just like, oh my gosh, you guys have been going through transition. God had been doing a lot of stuff, moving you into a new season. There had been prophets coming through, speaking into the season that you guys were getting into. And, 
and, at, and simultaneously, God was moving our entire life here. Uh, but I believe that we're like a prophetic forerunner to what God is doing in this house, because God is doing something here at New Hope. And there are probably people out there in podcast land right now, they're going to be listening to this in the future, that feel the same burn that my wife and I did as I'm sharing this. And if you're out there in podcast land, you know who you are, you're feeling a burn. There is a magnetic pull that's going to begin happening where people are going to be getting drawn to this place, not only from the region, but people that are listening to the podcast and they're feeling that same DNA, they're feeling that heartbeat, what God is doing here at New Hope, and, and people are going to begin to get drawn here. So I'm just going to pray really quick, and I'm going to share my story. So Holy Spirit, I just pray you just help me uh, articulate what I'm sh sharing this morning, and uh, just we just open up our hearts to receive what you have, God, and what you're transitioning us into. God, thank you that much of the transition is over and that we get to move into something new. And we just open up our hearts this morning, Jesus. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you, God. And thank you, God. So, amen. Yeah, so my wife, Rachel, I, there she is. Okay, she came back with the kids. Sometimes you get lost down there in the kids area. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, so it was about our journey together began. Uh, Rachel, you can wave to everybody. My wife, Rachel, here. <laughs> We got married right out of high school about 10 years ago, and uh, ever since then, our journey with God has just been kind of, he's been leading us from place to place, and uh, we have a lot of prophetic experiences where God will direct us geographically through dreams, visions, or uh, weird coincidences. That just seems to be the track record and the pattern, and every time we followed him based on these dreams, people look at us like we're crazy, and that's okay. It's like, yeah, it's true. It's like, hey, that's weird. Yeah, I know it's weird to move halfway across the country because of a few dreams, but it seems to work out for us pretty well. So uh, that's, you know, people are like, really, you, you moved your whole life here because of a dream? Like, well, it's a little bit more than that, but uh, hard to explain in, in a couple minutes. So yeah, we got married as 10 years ago, and uh, shortly after that, we actually moved to Ireland, and we were living there, and while we were living in Ireland, uh, God spoke to us through a dream uh, where, which actually ended up having us move to Redding, California, and we lived there for three years, and uh, God was just continually pouring into us in that place, and when that season was over, he spoke to us through dreams and a crazy number of coincidences, triple numbers, and all the crazy, how many of you guys have ever had like weird coincidences that are so crazy you know they're not a coincidence, it's like a divine thing, and uh, you know, I believe that you have to be willing to over-spiritualize things in order to hear the voice of God sometimes. Because sometimes you could, let's just write it off, like, oh yeah, that's not really, you know, that's just a coincidence or whatever, whatever. But, you know, when you actually just say, wait a second, what if that is actually God speaking to me? Yeah, I've been seeing, you know, this, it's, you know, I like, you see, okay, I see triple numbers on a digital clock every day. It's like, okay, well, that's, at first, that's not really a big deal until then it starts becoming kind of like, uh, you know, twilight zone. And then, you know, and what I would do with these coincidences, I would say, God, okay, I need to know, how many of you guys like bought a Honda? I looked, I, I was thinking of Johnny as soon as I said that. I thought of Honda, Johnny Honda over here. <laughs> I, you, bought, you buy a new car, you never see it on the road. As soon as you buy a new car, suddenly it's everywhere on the road. And when these coincidences start to happen, I'm thinking, okay, is this just one of those kind of things? Like, is this a natural thing? So I'd ask God, like, okay, you need to take this coincidence like to a whole nother level to where it's not just me intellectually thinking that this is, you know, this is happening. And they always would. And uh, so anyways, we moved back to Colorado because of a number of coincidences and dreams and things like that. And uh, almost immediately stepped into full-time ministry, which is where we were the last four years. I was uh, doing youth ministry at a church in Boulder, Colorado. 
And that was amazing. We had an awesome outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the youth, just the way that God moved among them. We would take them on these summer camps, and God would show up and completely demolish everybody for like just hours. It was just, I mean, how many of you guys, I know that many of you guys have been in those types of experiences. If you haven't, well, just wait, because I feel like there's a whole new wave of just getting ready to roll through this place where, you know, we would have students, they would get knocked onto the ground, and they would literally black out in the spirit, and they would not remember what happened until they woke up in their bunk the next day, because we dragged them back to their bunks, because the Holy Spirit knocked them out so hard, and they wake up a different person. People would get, they would fall over, and they'd go to heaven, and they'd, they'd wake up a different person, and these encounters were happening, and they'd wake up different people, and that's really what we experienced a lot in the last four years in this youth ministry. It was awesome. It was just a, but about year three, we began to feel the grace lifting off of youth ministry, and that was when God started to speak to us about New York. My wife started to have dreams here and there about New York, not specific to Rochester, just random New York stuff. I'm like, okay, we're going to put that on the shelf. I don't really know what to do with that uh, because it's just a dream and could be a pizza dream. Maybe it's God. I don't know. But (laughs) then we started having more dreams. And then I started to have dreams about New York. And I'm thinking, then I'm starting to think, well, maybe maybe this is the car effect. Maybe we're just thinking about New York now. You have a couple of dreams and it's starting. And what was a whisper about New York over a period of time literally became a shout. It was just everywhere I went, New York license plates, New York people talking about New York. And I'm thinking, Again, I'm like, okay, God, this could still be that car effect. I need you to take this to another level if this is you. And it, it was at that point I started to have really prophetic dreams about New York, where I'd be like flying over a city in New York, but it wasn't New York City. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, God is totally speaking. And at one point, I was talking to a buddy on the phone. I said, God is speaking to me about, about New York. I don't know what's going on. And uh, just sharing with him. And hours later, I end up losing my phone at Denver International Airport, and I can't find it anywhere. And I have to go home. Uh, two days later, my wife's phone received a call from New York, New York. And, well, somebody picks up the phone and says, hey, I'm so sorry. I, I found your phone in the bathroom. I had to catch a flight, and I brought it all the way with me to New York City. I'm like, okay, hold on a second. The, the last conversation I had on my phone was about all this weird stuff happening with New York. I've been asking God to take it up a notch. My phone goes, talk about getting a call to New York. Like, my phone goes all the way to New York City. So... Oh my gosh. And that's when we were like, okay, I'm pretty sure we're going to end up moving to New York. No idea where. Not sure if it's New York City. Maybe it's Buffalo. Maybe it's Rochester. I have no idea. And one day, one of my buddies was actually ministering in the area, and I was listening to him preach uh, on my phone. And he was sharing about Rochester, and he was sharing about the spiritual history of this region, uh, things that happened with Finney and some of the moves of God that came out of this place. And he was also sharing some of the prophetic words that had been spoken over the region by, by some of the prophets, like guys like Bob Jones, things like that. And as I'm listening to him share this, I begin to feel this burn in my chest. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's it. And I looked at Rachel, and she felt the same thing. And it was at that moment where we're like, I'm pretty sure it's probably Rochester. Not entirely sure, but I haven't felt that about anywhere yet. Uh, and, and then we start researching the city, and let me tell you guys about when you're not from Rochester and you're researching the city, there's either two things. It's a real extreme. It's either it's a great place to raise a family, or you might get murdered. <laughs> That's like literally, I'm, there's, no, there's no in between. It's Right? Am I right? 
So one, one moment we're researching, like, I can't wait. Maybe, I can't believe, what was life going to be like here? And the next moment, we're like, I don't know. Like, what if we get shot? Like, <laughs> I'm not really sure if that's where we're supposed to move. Uh, and now we're here, and it's like, that's so ridiculous. It's just, oh, what is, like, uh, anyways, there was just so, fun, so many funny things. Um, so let me just see where I'm at here. And uh, anyway, so at this point in this whole journey, when we're discussing whether or not it's Rochester, I had other people coming up to me who we had not processed any of this with, saying, hey, like, it was like three in the morning, I had a woman from our church text me, I just woke up, I'm crying right now, I had to move, you're packing your bags and leaving Vine Life Church, what's going on? And I'm like, oh gosh, now God's gossiping about me. Like... <laughs> In, in other people's dreams. Like, this is like, you know what I mean? Like, and then I, and then I had a cousin call me who I had not told even a little bit of what was happening. She said, ah, we just had, a, I just had a dream that uh, I had to help you guys move somewhere north near Canada. I was like, oh gosh, like, this is getting, cr- I know God is, he's so, when God starts telling other people about the transition that you're getting ready to go through, you just got to pay attention. So, and you know, it was like, I share my story, and it's like, yeah, I moved here, and then I moved there, and I moved here, and it's like, okay, one of the, my messages is, how do you follow the cloud of God's presence without being flaky, you know? Like, because you got a lot of, you got two different types of people when it comes to transition. You got either people that, uh, you know, they're, they're such pillars and anchors and, and loyal that they never move anywhere, which actually is either a good thing or they're just afraid of change. Could be one or the two. Or, and then you have other people, they hop from church to church, and they're just following the Holy Spirit, and it's either they don't have the ability to commit somewhere, or they're actually following the Holy Spirit. So you got to find where that's at. Are you just having a hard time getting known and exposing and being real with people and letting them see your heart and not willing to commit, or are you actually following the cloud of his presence? Or are you, have you been sitting in that same seat for 20 years because, uh, you know, the cloud of his presence is like, you know, a thousand miles across the country. Maybe you were supposed to move somewhere, but you got to pay attention to these shifts and follow the grace of God where he's moving because uh, it's like, you know, loyalty is awesome unless it's just a mask for a fear of change. So anyways, that was just a little nugget. But as we, uh, and Rachel, I mean, dreams just continue to increase, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So at this point, I was still not sure. And one day somebody had given me like 20 bucks and I said, all right, I got to go. Let's go to ice cream. Let's go have some ice cream with the kids. And I, I flip open my phone, I look for some random places in, in, uh, to go get some ice cream, and there was the usual, you know, Dairy Queen, Baskin Robbins, whatever, and there was this third place on the list, and I thought, okay, I've never heard of it in my entire life, let's go there, let's give it a shot. We go to this ice cream joint, we're eating ice cream, remember my kids are there, we're eating chocolate ice cream, I'm talking to Rachel, I'm like, is it Rochester, is it not Rochester? We're literally talking, like, what would life be like in Rochester, New York? And I turned to her and I said, if it's Rochester, I need I just need a little bit more confirmation from the Lord. Well, as I continued researching the city, little did I know I was actually sitting at an Abbott's frozen custard while I was having that conversation. There's only one Abbott's frozen custard in all of Colorado. It happened to be five minutes from my road. I just decided that that would be the right place to go get ice cream and talk about moving here. And there's a couple that had moved. So these kind of things continued to happen. And, and uh, when we knew it was Rochester, I was like, okay, I, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sorry if this is kind of like all these little details and nuances, but I, there's something here for you guys. So 
when we knew it was Rochester, I had, we knew nobody here, not even a person, not one person, and there was obviously no job lined up, and we began to speak with leadership about transitioning out of what we were doing there and, and moving. Uh, we started selling all of our stuff and just kind of preparing to move, and we were thinking, well, wonder where we're going to go to church. And uh, the finance director at our church actually had been going through Welton Academy, and I had read some of John's books. And so the only place I knew of in Rochester was New Hope, and that's when we began listening to the podcasts. And when we began listening to the podcast, we could feel the DNA just match up. We could feel the same heartbeat that was happening here. We connected with the messages. And actually, it was at one point where Jessa was preaching, and my wife, Rachel, she had a significant encounter during that message. And that was what sealed the deal. We're like, we're going to go to New Hope. And uh, at one point, I think I called the church, and I was like, hey, you know, like, uh, I left a voicemail, like, hey, we're, you know, we're thinking about moving to Rochester, and blah, 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 and like, nobody ever called me back. So... I, like, it's okay, but I think I've worked out better that way that I didn't know anybody when I moved out here, because, uh, so, I just, I had to, like, stick it to the, you know, that, I just, I just, so, so as we're preparing, it was weeks before we move out here, I have, like, vans pulling in front of me that said, follow me to New Hope, and I'm thinking, Rachel, look at this, take a picture, and, uh, and now, just another quick snapshot Three years before that, Rachel had had a dream about something to do with Niagara Falls and all this crazy stuff, and we decided to make a family vacation out of it and travel up to Niagara Falls in Canada for a supernatural school uh, that a minister was doing up there. And at this school, we ended up meeting a guy uh, named David Cristofaro, and we connected really well. We ended up being friends over, over a couple of years on Facebook and Instagram. And a week before I moved to Rochester, it was a real loose relationship, just a social media relationship. And I saw him post a picture of a pizza box on it that said Rochester. And I thought, oh my gosh, I wonder if that guy's from Rochester. So I'll message him and see if maybe we can connect. And I said, hey, David, uh, you know, I know it's been a long time since we talked last, but I saw you post that picture of Rochester pizza box. Are you from Rochester? Blah, blah, blah. He said, no, I'm not. Uh, but that's amazing that God's calling you there. I got to get you connected with my cousin. He's a leader of a really awesome kingdom church out there, which his cousin happened to be Steve which was New Hope, which was already where we were planning on going anyways. So it was like, oh my gosh, this, this whole thing just began to weave together. And so, yeah, so we left everything, moved out here. We didn't know anybody. And almost immediately, God connected us with Steve and connected us with people. And that's, that, then the, the story just continues. And I could write a book about all the supernatural nuances of what God was doing that led me to this place. So anyways, now what? Now we're here. Uh, you know, I was doing youth ministry full-time in ministry. Now I sell scissors for a living. Uh, you know, it's like, what, what is that? Like, okay, God, what are you doing here? Like, I literally, I go around from salon to salon, and I sell scissors. And it's just, you know, it's just funny how God will bring you through transitions, and it doesn't always look exactly like what you're going to expect it to look like, but we don't look at things through the natural, you know? You know it's like, it's, there's upgrades and things that don't always line up with exactly what you're expecting. And I, it's just, honestly, it's hilarious. I mean, I literally have a shirt now that says, I sell scissors. I walk around. It's like, it's a joke, but it's kind of fun. So anyways, it's, it's what it is, and that's what I'm doing right now. But God has gone through all these great lengths to lead us to this place, and God's gone through all kinds of great lengths to lead new hope to where you guys are right now. And as I was preparing, this, this word transition was really, really significant. And I felt like for New Hope, there's two transitions that God is bringing us through right now. And the first one is a transition in the area of hope, and the second one is a transition in the area of encounter. 
I believe that the transition out of the old era is over. So there's been all this transition for New Hope. You've been coming out of the old era. And Mike, uh, Mike Danforth comes. He's talking about expansion, all these different things. He's talking about our radar increasing and following the Holy Spirit. I believe that the transition that we've come out of as a church has brought us to ground zero. Uh, and it's transition out of the old. But now begins a transition into the new. Amen. And that transition into the new, it's not like a, a transition into new people or anything like that. It's just new seasons. And all the things like they're just they have fallen off the old it's come to a close and now we're at ground zero and we're getting ready to step into something new and different and the first transition that i believe god wants us to have is just to take a deeper look at our name new hope the word hope and what kind of transition that that means for us because when you think of hope often what you think of is my life is crappy and i sure hope things get better you know <laughs> like i just it's more like a wish like man i just wish things would be better and you think of hope but what I believe God wants to do is transition us from an old kind of hope where it's just like life kind of sucks and now I hope things get better, but to a new kind of hope because new hope, you guys are healthy. This place is a really, really healthy place. It's not like, oh my gosh, things suck here and we need to really get out. We need to transi transition. Actually, things are really good and we could just camp out here and rest in what God is doing. His presence is here. Relationships are healthy. Leadership is healthy. But the, the kind of hope that God wants us to step into is an unreasonable optimism, like an expectation that just takes us way beyond what, we are go, what we're in right now. It's good here, but it's a glory-to-glory glory kind of thing. And how many of you have ever read that verse, uh, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation? You know, okay, that word new there, there's two different words for new in the New Testament. There's a neos new, and there's a kainos new. And the neos new is like if you went and got... Uh, you know, you get a phone warranty on your iPhone, you get the exact same iPhone that you had before. You guys tracking with me right now? Okay. That's Neos New. It's the exact same kind of phone. But a Kynos New is like if you got a new iPhone that was from the future and it could actually teleport you to someone's house. And it's so, the Kynos New is so new, it's so far beyond that which existed before it that it's not even worth comparing it to the old. And when I look at new hope, I believe God is talking about a kainos hope, a kind of hope that's so far beyond just a traditional earthly hope of hoping things get better and something that is straight out of heaven that we can have an unreasonable optimism and a confidence in the future like never before. And I was looking at synonyms of hope, and I was feeling like we need to, as a body, as a corporate body, actually take on the word hope and the name of this church as a personal identity that we are a people of unreasonable optimism. We're a people of confidence in the future. And I was thinking, maybe we could just like look at what our name would look like if it was a little bit different, like New Expectations Fellowship, uh, New Anticipation Fellowship, New Unreasonable Optimism Fellowship. One of the, okay, one of the synonyms for hope was utopia. I thought, oh yeah, this is <laughs> New Utopian Fellowship. <laughs> new Surprises Everyday Fellowship. New excitement over all the ridiculous goodness that's just around the corner fellowship. <laughs> new and awesome things every day fellowship. It's a new day and I can't wait to wake up this morning fellowship. Something amazing is about to happen fellowship. Confidence in the future fellowship. And this transition of hope has to do with who we are and where we are at. And as Rachel and I were talking, we were like, I feel like there's even new angels on assignment for this church, for this next for this next season that we're going into, like we were just talking about, oh my gosh, there's something that's increased, there's been a change of guard, and, uh, and I was like, I need to find out why Chai Lai is Chai Lai. 
Does it, how many of you guys know what chai lime means? Like, it's not chili, it's not, you know, which is weird for us when we moved here. It's like, really? You guys? I just have to say, like, we just don't, it sounds chai lai? Like, that doesn't make, even Siri doesn't say chai lai. You know, she says, she says chili. So, on my iPhone. So, that settles it, right? That's, it's done. That's the true pronunciation. So we started, there's two theories of how Chai Lai, this region, got its name. There's two theories. One has to do with the independence of the nation of Chile, which, you know, may or may not be true, whatever. The other one has to do with a group of people called the Chai Lions, and they were all, their whole, they were a Christian sect of people, and their whole belief system was all about what they believed about the future and the millennium, the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. And I was thinking, wow, how significant is that, that as a church, here we are, we have a new covenant revolution happening here. We're af- actually, we're in a church that's transforming the way the entire body is thinking about the future. And we live in a city that was named with the future in mind. Literally, Chai Lai means millennium. And we're living, so we're at a church called New Hope, which is confidence in the future. And we're living in a city that is named after the millennium. I think that's pretty significant for who we are and where we're at and where we're going. And it gives us a standard of what kind of expectation we're supposed to have. This new expectation, this new unreasonable optimism, we have to look at what would life actually be like in the millennium? What is life actually like in heaven? You, you know, when somebody gets a flat tire and it's like, oh, that's just life? No, that's not just life. Like, life happened. That, I'm sorry. Flat tire is not. If cars were in heaven, and somebody got a, that, people wouldn't say, that's just life in heaven. You know, you get a flat tire every once in a while. We have to define life by what life would look like in heaven. That's what needs to be our definition. If we're going to pray, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, well, I don't know. What, is that, what does that actually mean? How far can we actually take that? And that's why I, I did kind of like that utopian thing, which it sounds like a stretch, but hey, you know, I'm pretty sure that we have the new age that everybody else is hungering for. We actually have it. And we can begin to expect and have that kind of confidence because we're not called to be realistic. We're actually called to be supernatural. And that's what needs to be our expectation. Am I right? And this expectation, this new level of expectation and experience of what we can have feeds directly into a new expectation for encounter. Because I believe that what God wants to do is wants to increase our, our, our capacity and our expectation of what we can experience in him and move into that, not just be comfortable like with the supernatural, but to not just be comfortable being comfortable with the supernatural, but actually getting a place where we can experience it for ourselves and not just be comfortable hearing other people's stories, but we need to actually embrace these types of encounters for ourselves. And I was thinking over this actually when it comes to transition and expectation, because uh, one of the transitions that a lot of people go through, which Jonathan has preached on, is this five realms thing. You guys remember Jonathan talking about the five realms, where people start out in the world, they transition out of the world into church realm, and they transition out of the church realm into uh, encountering the supernatural, and then the supernatural moves into understanding that now we, we shouldn't just encounter the supernatural, but we actually need to move into bringing it out of the four walls of the church, impacting society, things like that. And then when you get a new covenant understanding, it just messes up the whole thing. You know, it just totally takes over. Your identity gets shifted around, and you start to realize how good ac- God actually is. And, uh, and I was thinking about this transition, and you guys have come full spectrum. New Hope is a full spectrum church. There's not a lot of churches that have walked through every single one. And 
what I noticed over the years is that churches that move from church to supernatural, a lot of times will happen is they get bitter towards the old thing, or they're like, yeah, we've been there, done that, and they're no longer a good church. Everybody's just like waving flags and shaking on the ground, and there's not even a children's ministry. You know what I mean? It's like, what happened? Like, I, you know, you can't even raise your kids in this church because it's just supernatural, and now it's anti-program. And then people start to figure out the kingdom, and they start to move out, you know, and what I've noticed is in, now I'm not talking about you guys, but when people have stepped into the new covenant, oftentimes they'll throw some of the baby out with the bathwater, and they're no longer as into the supernatural because they've matured, you know, and it's like a been there, done that mentality, and I don't feel like that's here, but what I felt like God wanted us to do was look at the five transitions that we've gone through, and to embrace every single one, like yeah, we've moved out of the church realm and we've moved all the way through these, but it's okay for us to have an amazing coffee shop. It's okay for us to have an excellent children's program. This is important and we need to go deeper in this area. We moved into the supernatural and, you know, the Finney days, those are not the glory days. Toronto, not the glory days. Jesus People Movement, not the glory days. The glory days are still ahead of us. We can't just get comfortable with what happened in the past and say, yeah, I've been there, done that. You know, I encountered Jesus when I got drunk in the spirit one time. You know, I laid on the floor, I had an encounter and you know, so now I'm kind of comfortable with that. No, I believe that this transition that we're going through right now, I feel like God wants to re-highlight the supernatural for new hope and take us into something even crazier than we've ever experienced. God wants to release a fresh expectation of, for the wild of God to be released in this place. Like the kind of stuff that stretches us a little bit. How many of you guys want like the wild of God to be released? Okay. And it's not just, you know, Sometimes, you know, you see people encountering God, and uh, I, you know, was, I remember I would share these stories about people encountering God, and often a more religious person will say, well, what was the purpose of that encounter? It's like, okay, I get it. I know there's a purpose behind every encounter, but it was almost like it wasn't just okay to just enjoy the fact that the encounter happened. It was like we always needed to dissect it and things like that, and I know that there's purpose there, but sometimes God wants to show up and just have fun with his kids and just release his presence and people are encountering him and that playtime is actually the purpose in and of itself because we get changed, we get loved on, we get to know who our daddy is. Uh, but if I were to actually give an answer, it is for radical transformation. Encountering Jesus, expecting that encounter, when you encounter him, you will not be the same. Amen. And, and I, I had a story one time when Rachel and I were living in Reading, actually, we were where this, this kind of illustrates the reason we need encounter. And I know all of, all of you are absolutely hungry for more encounter. So I'm kind of preaching to the choir here when it comes to this, but I feel like God wants to stir our faith, say, yeah, let's go for this. Let's go for this on another level. Let's increase our expectation for the supernatural in this place. And uh, anyways, it was about 11 o'clock at night. Rachel and I were coming home for, um, we were grocery shopping too late at night. Rachel brought the kids in. I'm bringing the groceries inside. And as I'm bringing groceries inside, I look in the, uh, between the house, it was dark, and I saw the silhouette of a person in between the houses, and I thought I saw some movement, and I thought, okay, so I brought my groceries inside, I go back outside, I, uh, I grab the rest of the groceries, and I saw movement again in between the alleyway of our two houses, and I thought, oh my goodness, there's somebody back there, do I see the silhouette of a person? So I walked up to the fence, and I looked, and I could see this guy, the silhouette of this guy crouching down, and he begins to just lean real slow up against my neighbor's house. And I said, hey, man, how's it going? How are you doing? 
And he's like, oh, 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 you know, totally busted. This guy just got, he's like, oh, I'm just having a rough night. My wife is, you know, this and that. And it's like, oh my gosh, he just started ripping a storm of all these problems he's having in his life. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is just, uh, you know, he totally got busted. So I go back to my car and I'm grabbing the rest of my groceries and he's still talking. So I finally said, I said, hey man, why don't you just come out and talk to me? So this creeper comes out of the bushes and he begins to talk to me on the sidewalk just about all of his life problems and all this stuff. And I said, hey man, let me just pray for you right now. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, and just kind of resisted a little bit and started talking. And I said, no, just let me pray for you because uh, you need it. And he finally agreed and I laid my hands on him and I felt the Holy Spirit come down and land on both of us. And I felt him and I just said, Holy Spirit, baptize this man in your presence. And in that moment, he literally just fell out, like just got knocked out. And I caught him in my arms and he was laying there for a moment, and all of a sudden, he just, like, gasps this breath. Like, I'm thinking, either this guy is drunk, or my prayer just worked. Like, that, there's either, like, there's no in-between here. And, uh, and all of a sudden, he goes, <gasps> and he just leaps up, and he goes, what just happened to me? And I said, I don't know. You tell me what just happened to you. He goes, who are you? I said, I, you know, what's going on? He goes, you got to come to my house right now. You got to come to my house right now. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. Do I, like, my wife's probably wondering where the heck I am. It's, like, 11 o'clock at night. Should I follow this random guy to his house? Uh, so I did. I walked, you know, several houses down, and we go to his house, and he's, like, freaking out. He's like, oh, my gosh, my family's asleep. You got to meet my family. They're all asleep. And I said, well, let's just pray for your house real quick, and we pray for his house. And as we're praying, it was like he was, like, seeing this umbrella come over his home, and he was having this whole vision and supernatural encounter with the Lord. And so I went home that night thinking, oh, my gosh, that was amazing. Right there, end of story, that was awesome. But a year later, I was getting out of my car again, it was in the middle of the day, and this guy comes running down the street, and I didn't recognize him because it was so long ago, but he goes, hey, you, 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 are you the guy that lives right here on the corner? I said, yeah, that's me, and he said, well, do you remember me? I'm the guy you prayed for right here a while back. He goes, I just got to tell you that since that night, I haven't had one more drink of alcohol. My wife and I are still together. I got a job. I got a promotion, and someone just gave me a car. I can take my kids to school now. That is what a supernatural encounter with Jesus will do. And it's, yeah, amen. Like, but in order for us to release encounters, we have to encounter him ourselves. Because, and that's, so the encountering Jesus is all about taking it back out there and giving other people those encounters. So, so if I were to recap right now, I would say that God is bringing new hope through transition where we begin to understand our identity as an unreasonably optimistic family and we're expecting such wild supernatural breakouts of his presence because we know he wants us to encounter the supernatural here more than we want to encounter it. And you know, there's this principle of what you honor, you make room for. A lot of churches, they will have, uh, they'll have an honor for evangelism and salvation. So they, they will have a lot more people getting saved in that church than other places. Uh, other places, they will emphasize the gift of healing more than another church, and they will have the manifestation of healing happen all the time. Uh, I personally honor bizarre manifestations. I like weird. I like when God shows up in really weird ways. And so often when I was ministering, weird things would happen. People would vibrate and shake and do weird things. And it's not just because I'm so amazing. It's just because I like, God knows, like, I'm honoring that side of God. And he shows up in that way because I'm having that relationship with him. And what I'm feeling is that we, as an expectation increases, what are we honoring? How do what parts of God do we want to experience? I mean, obviously we want to experience the fullness, but 
honoring angelic encounters, honoring visions and dreams, honoring these bizarre manifestations. Now, if there's a way to be weird in a healthy way, and there's a way to be weird in an unhealthy way. I'm talking about, like, healthy weird. You know, and wouldn't it be, it would, you know what would be really weird is if God wasn't weird. That's what would be weird. Because if we understood everything about him, and he was just, you know, just everything was just always perfectly understandable, and everything was just perfectly J all the time, if you know what I'm saying, it would be... <laughs> you know, he needs to have a J and a P side. I know all you guys, the Myers-Briggs people are like, you totally get what I'm saying. So I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, yeah, all the stars just look like a mess out there, but yet it's all in perfect order. It's like, it's like the PJ, you know? It's like, anyways, that's, ah, uh, so, oh my gosh. So I'm just going to pray. If I could have uh, a worship team come up and just, what I want to do right now is I want us to actively step into that expectation for more of God. Not that we don't already have the fullness of him, but it's that we want to experience it manifesting in the here and now. It's not that we're asking for more from a place of lack, but we are hungry to experience more intimacy with him and experience every aspect and facet of who he is and to honor all those different things that he, he wants to release in this house. And, uh, and things that we have never seen before, things that we have no grid for, too. Uh, so if, you, if you're feeling that hunger, if you're feeling stirred, if you feel like you don't want to just have the kind of hope that helps you cope, but the kind of hope that helps you move into the future, if that's you, I feel like let's just stand, and if you want to step into that new encounter that God has for new hope, if you want to just come up to the front, we're just going to go back into a time of worship. If I could have some of the leadership uh, team come forward as well, and lay hands on people as they're here and just begin to just release that next level of encounter. And, and we'll go for, for a little while and then, uh, and then what's going to happen is the kids are going to come up and they're going to begin releasing uh, prophetic words as well, which I have to say, since my kids have been in this prophetic and this supernatural activation school here at New Hope, it, the, I have my kids, I say, hey, can you pray for me? And uh, can you give me a word? And my son the other night, he laid his hand on me and he said, Dad, I just see you walking through fire, but there's like these buckets of water being dumped on you. And I know that the, the level of prophetic that these, the kids, my kids are starting to walk in is because of what's happening here at, at New Hope and the activation school. So come up front if you want more and you want to expect more, you want that expectation to increase and you want to step into the new wave of supernatural release that God is bringing to New Hope. And then, uh, and then as the kids come up, expect to get encountered, expect to encounter God as the kids minister as well. So why don't everybody just stand and if you feel led, come and fill the front up here and I'm going to have leadership laying hands and, uh, and just we're just going to move into a time of encounter. So Holy Spirit, we just welcome you in this place, God. We welcome your presence, God. I ask that you would begin to just move upon every single person here, God, that you would that you would tear down the walls of the old kind of hope, God, and that you would give us a new kind of hope, a kainos hope, where we're unreasonably happy, God, where we're unreasonably expectant, God, of the good things that you have for us and that you want to pour out, and God, that we're expecting the kind of supernatural that makes us feel uncomfortable in this house, that that we're not just comfortable hearing other people's stories, God. We want to encounter you for ourselves. So Holy Spirit, just come and just begin to move. God, we just, yes, thank you, God. So just, <laughs> yes, God. Yes, Lord, more Jesus. <laughs> thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, more Jesus. Just pour your spirit out. Whoa, God. 
<laughs> Thank you, God. We love you, Jesus. We want to encounter you, God. going back from here. It's a new standard for what God wants us to encounter in this place. So again, if I could just have the leadership team just be moving about and laying hands on people and we can go ahead and go and worship. Your love has burnished my heart and taken me Thank you for joining us for this week's message. 